All right. Well, hey, good morning, New Life Church. How is everybody? Good. It's good. I'm glad you actually said something. That means you're breathing and you're alive. So, all right. Wow. What about the praise and worship this morning? Can we get up for our team today? Wow. Excellent job. Excellent, excellent job. And, uh, well, listen, I'm going to get right into it today. We've got uh, a brother in Christ, a friend of mine. Uh, He's ministered here a couple different times uh, in a couple different ways, through praise and worship, through uh, personal prophecy back at the beginning of the year. Uh, and today, he's, uh, he's might do, I don't know, he might, probably won't do both, but, uh, but he's, he's definitely going to minister uh, the Word of God to us today. This is my dear friend, my brother in Christ. This is Pastor Hershey Schaffner from Dyersburg. Welcome him up today. Good morning. How are you? Awesome. Well, it's good to be here with you new life people and Pastor Jeremy and Haley left because I'm preaching and uh, so we're glad to be here I have my my family with me because I was met at the door by some of you and you're like you did bring your family right so it's good to know nobody cares that I'm here Um, I'm like being built up but the Lord's good amen and uh, I am just excited to be here can we just go before him in prayer this morning? Uh, Father, we just welcome you. We thank you for your presence. Uh, we do thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we had to just come and worship you. And um, I pray, Lord, today that, that it's all about you and that everything we do would just bring glory and honor to your name because, Jesus, you did. You paid it all. And so all to you we owe. We thank you, Father, for your wonderful Holy Spirit that you, you've sent to this earth to be our comforter. And I pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would just have your way, that you would just move upon your people, and that, God, you would use me for your words and your actions and just as a vessel and a vehicle. And I pray, Father, that today the name of Jesus would be lifted up, that, God, we would leave this place today changed, that we would leave today, Lord, with a a fresh awakening in our hearts. And I just pray for renewal today in each and every person. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, God is good. Amen. All, all the time. Yeah, that's yeah, Right. I didn't, I didn't know I was at T.D. Jakes' church this morning, so that's cool. Um, but God is good. He's faithful. He's loving. He's kind. And uh, I, I, like I said, I'm very excited to be here and just to come and share with you. I believe that God is... Um, God is trying to do something, I say new, but you know, everything God does is new to us. And we've heard that before, like God's about to do something new. Yeah, we hear that all the time. It's because we haven't seen everything he has. And um, just this week as I was praying and just kind of listening to, I was listening to an older sermon from, a, from back in the, in the 60s, the late 60s, early 70s. There was a minister uh, by the name of Catherine Kuhlman. Some of you guys may have heard of her. She's a very interesting person. Um, if you've never seen Catherine Kuhlman, just go home and Google Catherine Kuhlman and watch her for a minute. And um, She was uh, one of the healing evangelists during what they called the charismatic renewal. And um, she was very, like I said, she was just different, very different. But she had an amazing relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
and she would, uh, she would talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit and how much he meant to her, and signs and wonders just followed her. And um, some of you guys may have heard, you guys ever heard of Benny Hinn? You know, he came up under her ministry, and, um, you know, for all his flamboyancy and strangeness in his, uh, his attributes, the man walks with God. And uh, I went to his church for about a year back in the early 90s, and the Lord did some amazing stuff. But as I was listening to it, um, to her message and watching her minister from back in, in, at ORU in the early, late 60s, early 70s, the Lord just began to speak to me about this renewal. And I really believe that God is trying to bring about a renewal of his renewal in our lives. Because I don't know about you, I wasn't born... When that, I was just being born. I, I'm, I was born in 1972, uh, the last year the Miami Dolphins were good. And uh, I'm a Dolphin fan. I'm from Miami. So they were undefeated the year I was born. And uh, they still haven't given me a check for that or anything. I don't know. But, um, but you know, I started following the Lord in the, in the late 80s and, and serving Him. And I've seen God do so many amazing things. And I've seen so much in the church. And right now, my heart is broken for the church. Because what I've seen is I've seen we've watered down so much of what this Bible tells us. We, we've tried to make it as comfortable for people. We've tried to make it as convenient. I mean, our services are right on time, and they're in and they're out. And, I mean, it's quicker than McDonald's. You know, it's, it's, it's right on there. But it's about the same quality as you get at McDonald's. Okay? Now, I like a Big Mac every once in a while, so don't judge me. But the reality is, if you want a really good meal, and your family, and there's no ex- you spare no expense, and you say, guys, we're going to go out to eat. Where do you guys want to eat? Where's the best meal you're going to get? None of us are going to pick McDonald's that are above the age of five. <laughs> right? I mean, if you're going to pick a good place to go eat, you want to go to a steakhouse, right? To a real nice Italian restaurant where they're going to, like, make the noodles by hand. Are you with me? We want like, you know, a a 14-inch center cut filet mignon that just melts. You can cut it with a fork. I hope you guys ate breakfast this morning so you're not distracted too much. But isn't that what you would want? And, And in order to get that, in order to get what the best is, it takes preparation and it takes work. And it takes time. But we live in a world right now where we don't have time. We don't want to prepare. I don't know about something. What do we do? We say, okay, Google or Siri, right? We want everything right now. You know, somebody asked a question like, what did you do before Google? I was like, we had encyclopedias. Remember that? I mean, you had to like, we had like the whole Encyclopedia Britannica. And you had to figure out what, you know, book you were in and now you just you know ask a, a a cell phone a question and it gives you the answer in just a few minutes or seconds and we're all about that but let me tell you something there is a call from God that goes beyond just a quick service something convenient that fits your schedule and God is wanting to bring his people to a place where we have what this world is looking for because we have what this world is looking for you know, I loved what they sang. I just feel like it really fit. This morning, I will use some scripture. If you want to open your Bible up or open your iPhone up, um, since we're in that generation, to 1 Peter chapter 2. 
in the ninth verse is where we're going to start. And I know it's a familiar scripture, and I really, man, I've labored over this. Like, Lord, what do you want to say? Um, and, and Pastor Jeremy asked me, he said, do you have scriptures for our guys in the back? And I was like, maybe. I don't know if this is the way we go. Is everybody there? It says this. It says, you are. Say, I am. I am. Say it again. One more time. That's just to make sure you're awake. That's the only reason I do that, to keep you awake. You are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people. Or this is where I do like the King James Version. It says a peculiar people. Because if you look around the room, you'll know that that's true, right? (laughs) If you don't believe that, just look on the back row in that light blue shirt right there. He's waving at you. We are a peculiar people. That we are God's own special people that you may proclaim. Let me say proclaim. That we proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not obtained mercy, but now you've obtained mercy. What are we here? We're here to call out. We're here to show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness. We sang it. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt, right? Praise the one that Jesus paid it all. Y'all get that? Do you get it? Because some days I don't. I mean, I'm just being real with you. Some days I forget that Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Because sin had left this stain that was going to put me in a place of damnation for all of eternity. See, we are dealing with eternity, but we've got such a mindset in the church right now, in the Western church, of everything quick, everything convenient, everything easy, everything about me, and we forget that there are people that are dying right this very second, and they are going to step into eternity, and if they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are going to burn in hell in an eternal torment forever. What a downer, man right? But this is reality. Now there's a great flip side to that. That those of us who are in Christ, those of us who know the resurrection power, for all of eternity we will be in heaven with the Lord. And that's exciting, isn't it? I can tell by your faith, by that reaction right there. I mean, woo! I said, for all of eternity you will be with the Lord. There'll be no more tears, there'll be no more sorrow, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more cancer, there'll be no more trucks running into people on bikes. Right? Listen, there is resurrection power that is in the church that we are supposed to not just wait till we get to heaven to encounter it, but Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And your will be done here on earth, right now, as it is in heaven. I don't see it. And it troubles me. It doesn't just trouble me for you, it troubles me for me. Because I know what God can do. I know that the same Jesus that I read about in these scriptures, the same one who it talks about, who has made us a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that same Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he went about doing good and healing all. Can, can I just be real with you today? 
because they don't know how else to be. Jesus went about and healed how many? How many? Can I tell you something? I'm not seeing people healed the way I believe God wants them healed. We just had someone very close to the family, connected in our family, that, that, that just walked off of this earth at the age of 29 years old into eternity because of cancer. Had a friend in Arizona that, that just a month ago lost the battle to cancer. These are people, these aren't just people. These are people who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. They believe in the Word. They believe in the blood. They believe in the resurrection power. Listen, I rejoice with them because right now they're, they're in eternal bliss. So I don't mourn for them or sorrow for them like the, the people who are lost do. But I know this, that their time was not supposed to be up. Now you can argue with me and you can say, well, it was just their time. Well, I have a different perspective. I don't believe it was their time. I believe that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. And the life and life more abundantly is not evident in this world because his church is weak. I don't want you to be, con- I'm not condemning you, I'm not dogging you. I hopefully am challenging you. Because what I read in this book, man, when I read about what Jesus says, we talk about, I hear a lot of messages about, about God and about how, you know, God is love and he is. And, but it's this love that has been watered down. Because can I tell you something? I joked with Jeremy this morning that, you know, I would come and, you know, bring a word that would run off as many as possible. And he said, don't do that to me, man. And and I'm not here to run you off, and that's not my desire. My desire is to run you closer. But can I tell you something? In so many churches today, if Paul the Apostle were to come back on earth, if Peter were to show back up, even if John, you know, the, the disciple of love, right? Isn't that what he is? The one whom Jesus loved? That's why it's great to write your own book in the Bible. Because you can call yourself the one whom Jesus loved. (laughs) But John, the disciple of love, this this disciple of love, have you read 1 John or 2 John? Have you seen where he says, if you say you love God, but you don't love your brother, you're a liar? Do you realize if they came to most of the churches in the Western world and preached one message, half of the congregation would not show back up the next week because they'd be offended? Well, that's, I just don't believe that's biblical. If Jesus himself came in and said to the church what he said in this word, and he looked at us today, and these are his words, not mine, okay? Everybody say, these are his words. So you can't get mad at me. You can't get mad at Pastor Jeremy and say, why did you bring that guy into this church? (laughs) Jesus' words were this. If you love your mother or your father or your sister or your brother or your husband or your wife, if you love any of these more than you love me, if you don't hate them in comparison to your love for me, You're not worthy of me. I mean, I read these things and I go, man, this this gospel is intense. 
It is gospel. It's good news. I promise you, at the end of this, you'll smile. Because I'll be done. But it is good news. It's, it is good news. But you realize that these, these guys came to Jesus and they said, Oh, we, we love you, Lord, and we want to follow you. And Jesus said, That's great, man. Come on. Let's go. And he said, But one minute, you know, my, my father just died. And Jesus looks at this guy and says, Let the dead bury the dead. Now, religiously, we hear that, and we're like, oh, hallelujah. But I want you to think about it for a minute. When I was six years old, my father died. I still remember going to the funeral. Just, you know, it's only been about five years ago or so. But, you know, <laughs> but I still remember. I remember being in that viewing with my dad laying in a casket, and I mean, I remember that. I remember the, the, I mean, I had to leave as a kid, and my cousin had to drive me away from there because I couldn't handle it. I remember the emotion of it. It was hard. I've preached too many funerals. I've preached my sister's funeral. I mean, I've preached too many funerals, and, and it's hard, isn't it? Are y'all with me? But I want you to think about what Jesus told this guy. He said, my, my, father, my father just died, and Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. We got stuff to do. The guy said, I got some business and things to take care of before I come. And he said, if anybody puts their hand to the plow and looks back, they're not worthy. And we live in a culture right now. We live in a culture in this country. They did a statistical, you know, the Barna group went out and they asked people about being committed to church. And they asked these people, and, and these people that said they felt like they were committed to church, so they attended church. They, they were regular attenders to the church. They said, how often do you attend? And people who believed they were committed attenders attended church twice a month. And in, in the culture we live in now, that is, that is considered committed. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Anybody have a job here? Right? How many of you work five days a week, right? Now, if you were to show up to your job one day a week and your boss came to you, you know, on the third day that you hadn't been there and said, you know, hey, we need to talk, right? And you say, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm as committed to my job as I am church. I come once a week. What more do you want from me? What more do I want from you? Five days a week. Will you keep the job very long? You'll see the, the skewed view that we have. See, God is calling us to give him everything. Why? Because we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. We're God's own special people who are called to show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness, guys. And I believe the Lord is calling his church, his people, up to him. I believe if you're here today, God is calling out to you, and he's asking you, will you come up to me? We just sang this, this morning, right? Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Now, did you sing that this morning? Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. And I believe God is crying out to us that we, we would truly take the bridge of that song. Let us become more aware of your presence.
Let us become more aware of who you are. God is wanting us to be set apart, to be different from the world, to stop trying to look like the world, to stop trying to be like the world, to stop making service so convenient because we want people to feel comfortable when they come in here. What we want them to feel is convicted because the Holy Spirit is in the room and he convicts us of our sin. Not us judging someone because they come in wearing something we don't like or act in some way we don't like, but letting the Holy Spirit come in and penetrate a heart because that's why you got born again. trying to draw his church in guys and i believe if you're here today i believe that the lord sets you here in this moment to say to you i'm calling you up i'm calling you to another place i'm calling you deeper i'm trying to draw you in and if you'll go it's good if you'll go it's so good it's got to be more than just a sunday morning experience it has to be more it has to become this love affair with the Savior of the world who came and gave his life for us and died on a cross for us and rose again and then left and sent the Holy Spirit to be with each and every single one of us. God is calling us, guys, to be different. He goes on in, in Peter and it says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners, as travelers, as pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Be different. Verse 12, have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Did y'all see that? I'll read that. By whose good works? Whose? Yours. Ours. Probably the most quoted scripture I use is Matthew 5, 16. It says, let your light shine. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. See, church, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to walk in love, speaking the truth in love, seeing his power demonstrated in our lives. There's a calling up that God has put out there for us that I believe he's trying to stir in his people. Y'all hear me today. That he's stirring his people saying there's got to be more. There's got to be more. There has to be more of Jesus. There has to be more of the evidence of the finished work of the cross in our lives. We can't look like the, the world. I was talking to somebody the other day and they were, they were talking to me about a person. They're like, you know, they're one, and they said they're one of those people that always goes around telling people they're a Christian. Which is fine. Except for when you have to tell people, and when you tell them, they go, really? Really? You know, that question mark. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Really? Because I just heard your conversation over there, and it didn't sound very Christ-like. I've told this before at our church, and I was... Uh, I helped coach football in Dyersburg at the middle school, and we had, a, we had a tournament going on, and we had one of the kids that had just graduated 
um, about a year and a half before was helping out. And we were talking, to, I have a guy in our church that is a tattoo artist, and he does artwork all over the place. And we were talking about him, and that guy, the young, the young guy said, oh, he goes to my church. And I said, no, I'm pretty sure he doesn't, because I've never seen this kid at my church, and I know where this guy goes. He said, yeah, we go to this church. And I said, well, what church is that? And he told me, and he said, well, you know, he said, that's my church. And, and the other guy said, well, really? I didn't know you went there. He said, well, I haven't been there in about two years, but that's my church. You know, that's, that's, that's where I go when I go. And, and I, I, I see where we've kind of fooled ourselves in so many ways. To thinking, well, it's okay. You know, I went there two years ago, so I got to be good with God, right? I mean, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so I've got to be okay. Got to be able to say I'm all right. See, God's calling us up. To a deeper place. I believe that that's the hand of God on your pastor here and on this house. That It's not just supposed to be a church where everybody comes in and you have a nice service and you leave and you have a nice lunch and then you come back and, you know, the next week and just do the same thing over and over. I know that's not his heart. I hope it's not your heart. I mean, there's lots of people, lots of churches you can go to where you can get that. But I don't believe that's the heart of the, of the Lord either. I'm not trying to run down any other church. I mean, listen, if they're preaching the gospel, then good on them, right? I'm not saying we're, we're not in competition with any church down the road. We're all on the same team. But what I am saying is that there has to be more. That there has to be more. There has to be a group of people who say, God, it's not good enough for me to get an hour of you on Sunday and think that's going to get me through the week. That there's got to be a people who say, Lord, we are going to fast and pray until heaven comes to earth. We're going to stay on our face before you until heaven comes to earth. We're going to step out and we're going to pray and we're going to be different and we're going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit until everything around us is completely changed. Is there people like that? Because that's what I believe God is trying to bring about, a renewal in the house of God, a hunger and a desire for the things of the Spirit once again. Because this word hasn't changed. The Lord hasn't changed. The same God who raised Lazarus from the dead the same God who brought Peter walking on water is the same God who is desiring for you to step up to a new place today. We started this last week on Wednesday nights. We just meet in our house with a, a group and um, bring some of these kids that, that are my adopted children to the house. And, and, and I've, I've really tried to, we got a bunch of kids that they just, they don't have good home lives and so they come and eat cookies at our house, and they're very happy. And, uh, well, they eat cookies and poppy seed chicken and pizza and whatever they can get their hands on, they eat it. And, and, and so as, as I brought them, I've, I've been very challenged by the Lord to show them what's available to them. And so a, a few months ago, we, we've, we watched a few different uh, videos that, 
um, of guys like Todd White. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Todd White. If you've seen him once, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and so this last week, we started, I started giving them, a, there's, a, there's an old teaching, or it's, I think it's kind of been brought back out about God's generals, people who walked by a guy named Robert Slairdon. And this last week, I showed them about the Welsh Revival. And, and the Welsh Revival, man, there was something about it. It just stirred my heart when I read about it years ago. And I got, I've been to Wales a few times, and I've been through Wales. And in, in Wales, there's all these little churches, all in mid-Wales. In each town, there's a church. And when I was driving through there with a friend of mine, he said, those were churches that were started by the Welsh Revival. And the Welsh Revival, I'm not here to give you a history lesson, but just a quick rundown. There was this guy named Evan Roberts. When he was 17 years old, he worked in a coal mine. And at the age of 21, he felt a burden from the Lord one day. At, at the end of service, he came up for prayer. And as he prayed, he, said, he felt like the Lord told him that 100,000 souls would be saved in Wales. And Wales is a smaller country. And, uh, and he turned to his friend and he said, do you believe that God could win 100,000 souls in Wales, and his friend said, yes. And so they just began to pray, and they began to have prayer meetings. Did y'all hear me? Now, I don't know if you guys have prayer meetings here. Do y'all have like a night of prayer or a day of prayer? Not, not right now. That's okay, because typically, anybody ever been to a prayer meeting? Yeah? I remember for a little while, we went to the same church that Jeremy went. We went to Christ the Rock down in Memphis, a great church, and and, uh, but they were in the middle of a revival, and you remember, what was, about a thousand people every night, 700 to, a th- I don't want to be, you know, evangelistic, I'm going to give you the truth, but about, about 700 to a thousand people every night, they were in the middle of a revival, every night, people were getting born again, every night, at, at when? Every night, how many? 700 to a thousand, right? And then I remember we were going to have a prayer meeting. So they were going to have a prayer meeting, and it was one of the nights they, were, the, the, they weren't having a revival, so they said, we're going to have a prayer meeting. So we went to the prayer meeting, and there were like 25 people there. Now, I'm not dogging Christ the Rock. I'm not, because it is not uncommon. See, if we're going to have a special speaker, like if, if Pastor Jeremy came up to you guys, he said, hey, you know, next week we've got this really special speaker. You know, Reinhard Bonnke's going to be here, or, you know, Billy Graham's going to do his last service here, and, and he picked this church. If, if he said that, do you think you could contain the number of people that would be in this room? Or, or even like this, hey, Jesus Culture was looking for a place to lead worship next Sunday, so they decided to come here. Because the acoustics were awesome, right? <laughs> so we're going to have them, and, you know, Bill Johnson's going to come pre- So can you imagine if he just not even advertised it just by word of mouth? Do you know what would happen to this place? Like, you would be sending people away, wouldn't you? Because it would be like, man, it's just awesome. Because people come to these big events. We come to, to hear the awesome worship. And listen, I've been in Jesus Cup, man, they're awesome. I, have, I mean, all the people I mentioned, I would go hear him speak. But if you had that same group, and, and if Bill Johnson or, or, or Billy Graham was standing on the platform and said, tonight we're going to have a prayer meeting, we'd like for you all to join us. I would, I would be willing to bet that one-tenth of the people might show back up. Because we don't value the thing that brings about value. 
We've got to step into a realm, guys, of saying, you know what? It's time for us to see more. And in order to get more, we have to do more. And the doing more is not just more good works. The doing more is to put our, our face to the ground and say, Lord, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Have your way. Use me as a vessel. There has been no one. There's been no one used by God who has not put themselves on the altar and laid themselves out there. So in Wales, they called a prayer meeting. And as they prayed, the room filled. And nobody was a guaranteed speaker. There was, no, there was no special worship team or anything. They would sit in a room when they started. The room was just full of people in the church. And they would just sit there and pray. And then every so often, someone would stand up. And they'd pray out loud. Or they'd read a scripture. Or somebody might sing a song. And then Evan Roberts, the guy who was hosting this whole thing, they said he would get up and he might share for five minutes. And then he would kneel behind the podium and just pray. And can I tell you what happened? Entire towns were born again. They laid the police off because there was no more crime. They shut down bars. The stores changed their hours because people were busy at the church, and so they operated, they opened their stores when church wasn't in session. When I read about it, in one of the books I read about, there was a group of people, they would get there at 7 in the morning and stay at the church and pray all day until 7 in the evening. And when they left church, they would pass the group of people that were coming to church at 7 p.m. who were going to pray all night, 7 a.m. Entire towns would get saved. And then when the town got saved, they would go to the neighboring town. And we're talking about, you know... 200 to 1,000 people. And the whole town would go to the neighboring town and they would surround the town and they would pray over the town until that entire town got saved. One of the greatest stories I ever heard out of the Welsh revival, there was a young girl, she was a teenage girl, her father was an alcoholic, and she was at the altar of this church and praying and crying out. And as she called out her father's name, she said, she said, Lord, save my father. And right as she said his name, her father staggered in completely drunk into the back of the church. He had just left the pub. He walked in the back door and he looked up and he said, what am I doing here? He walked to the altar where his daughter was crying out on his behalf got to the altar, fell on his knees, asked the Lord to repent him, and was completely sober in a moment. At the moment, she was crying out for him. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? It's the same God today that's looking for a people that will say, Lord, I don't care what it takes. I don't care about my reputation. I don't care if people think I'm a Jesus freak, a holy roller. You know, whatever they want to talk about me, however they want to say it, they can put me in any category they want. All I know is there are people who need to see the reality of God in the earth today. And I'm willing to be one. I'm willing to do it. Listen, I, I do believe this. I've been saying this for the last 20 years. I believe that the Lord is trying to change everything from the Lone Ranger mentality of the church to the body of Christ doing the work. I told you, I went to Benny Hinn's church for about a year. The Lord kind of trained me up. It was amazing. It was an incredible opportunity that God put out there. You know, think what you want. I'm telling you, I've woke up under the back of a pew when the guy just did the, take it, brother, you know. 
He'll say, oh, that's all put on. I promise you it's not. I promise you I've seen the power of the Holy Spirit work through this dude, and it was amazing. And, and I remember we would go to church. First service was at 8.30, and there were people that would be there at 8.30, and then second service was at 10.30, and they'd stay for second service. And then when that let out about 1 o'clock, people would have to leave the building, and they would walk out of the building and go to the front door and sit down at the front door and camp out with their lunches because the doors would open to the church again at 2 o'clock for service at 6 o'clock that night. Why? Because they were hungry. Because I'd been in meetings where I heard a woman cry out in the middle of the service, I can see. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen people doing stuff that they, they were completely blind, completely deaf, and completely healed. Because signs and wonders should follow them that believe. But can I tell you something? It's not, the Lord doesn't want it to be all about Benny Hinn. He doesn't want it to be all about Rod Parsley or Kenneth Copeland or whoever you like. He wants it to be about the church. He wants it to be us going out and doing signs and wonders and seeing the sick healed and the lame walk and the deaf hear and the blind see. Because you were at Walmart And you were walking down the aisle and you saw somebody in one of those little scooter things. And the Holy Spirit moved on you and said, just go pray for him. And you just had enough faith, just a little bit, right? To say, excuse me, ma'am, I know you're in your little scooter buggy. But could I just pray for you? You don't have to, you don't have to be Peter and John at the beginning and say, silver and gold have I none, but it, you know, I mean, you don't have to. You can. You can, but you don't have to. But if you just take a minute and just be his hands and feet and just love on people and just stop in this world that's so chaotic and so hectic and we're running so hard and just take a minute and see that's a soul. That Jesus died for. I heard somebody say the other day, I can't remember who it was, but they said the minute that you find someone that Jesus didn't give his life for, that's the one you don't have to witness to. But God so loved the world that he gave. Are y'all hearing me today? The Lord is trying to draw us in, guys. He's trying to bring us to a deeper place. As I pulled up here in the parking lot this morning, right as I was sitting out here, I could see that there was a, a, I guess it's already passed through, there was a front, like a storm front coming through. And you ever seen when a front is coming? Like it's definitive. There's a line to it and the clouds change and there's a swirling and you can see it moving. And the Lord spoke to me this morning about this house. And he said, there's a front that I'm moving in. There's a change that God's wanting to bring to this place. There's a change that God wants to bring to this people. And the thing about it is, it's definitive. It's defin- it won't be a question as, are those those new life people? It'll be like, oh, there they are. There's a change that God wants to come. He wants to change the entire atmosphere. You realize when a front comes, that all the, everything changes. The temperature changes. All of the atmosphere is changing. God wants to use 
you people here, you, the body of Christ here, to bring change to the atmosphere around you. And all it takes is a simple yielding. It takes you coming to a place of saying, God, I'm tired of just the status quo. I'm tired of just walking through. I'm tired of just living this life. I'm tired of just waiting for heaven to come. I want, I want to bring heaven down now. Y'all feel that inside. There's a drawing from the Holy Spirit today crying out to you, saying, let me be in control. Whatever it takes for you to set aside, whatever it is that God is dealing with you on, I'm not going to pretend to know because each one of us is in a different place and each one of us has different things that God's trying to draw out of our life. And listen, I have enough trouble working my own salvation out with fear and trembling. I ain't got time to work yours out. I'm not here to nitpick and say, well, you ought to do this and you ought to do that. And you, but I know who is. It's the Holy Spirit saying, you know that thing? You know what I'm talking about? That thing, it might not even be sin. You might be binge watching too much when you should be binge praying. You might be updating your Twitter account a little too often when you should be reading the scripture some. I was driving by a church the other day and, you know, I, I have this love-hate relationship with church marquees. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I read some of them, and I'm like, oh, God, forgive us. Because no one will ever go to church if they think we act like that. But I read this one, and I thought, what a great challenge. It said, spend 30 seconds with Jesus after every text message you send or read. Dear God, Jesus would return tomorrow, man, because the whole world would be saved. But think about it, right? I mean, does that not challenge you a little bit? You know, Smith Wigglesworth, who was a great apostle of faith, they asked him one time, they said, what's, you know, what's your prayer life like? He said, it's simple. There's not 15 minutes that go by that I don't pray. Every 15 minutes he was praying. He was with the Father. Every, every, just try it one day. I dare you. Just, you know, like you're in the middle of a conversation. Beep, beep. Oh, hold on. Father, I just thank you right now. You know. Say, what? You know, why? Because he had the revelation that we all need. That apart from him, we can do nothing. I know this is kind of like a shotgun message, but I hope something sticks to you. It's like throwing jello at the wall. Something will stick. (laughs) But this is what I know, man. The Lord was really speaking to me just over the last month. And and as I was praying, I I came across a scripture that I've, I've quoted so many times, and you all have all heard it, and I don't know which one it is, guys, so I'm glad at least we got those down on the on the board there. You know, they asked Jesus about what he did, and he said, I only do that which I see my Father do. Right? He said, I only do that which I see my Father do. And, I, and I, I've, I've heard it so many times, but it just hit me this one moment. The only way that you can see somebody doing something is by being with them. And I know you know that. 
but I want you to know it. Do y'all hear me? The only way that you can know what somebody's doing, the only way you can see what the Father is doing is by being with the Father. I'm not talking condemnation. I'm not talking guilt when I say what I'm about to say. I'm talking about the conviction of the Holy Spirit that I know that I don't spend enough time with the Father. I'm not going back in time to say what if, what if, what if. I know we all do that, but I know this. If I spend time with the Father, then the power and the presence of the Son will be a whole lot more evident than what it's been in my life. Some of the people that may have walked out of this earth a little early may not have walked out if I'd have been where I was supposed to be. I'm not, again, there's not condemnation. This is not for you to reflect on who you should have prayed for more or any of that. All I'm saying is right now, in this moment, in this time, what can I do more of to see his kingdom come? To see his will be done? My sister died on September 11, 2001, right before the planes hit New York City. She had battled leukemia for three years, roughly, I think. About three years. And afterwards, it was really tough. It was hard. The Lord spoke to me and gave me a lot of peace in it. But I told the Lord one day, I said, and, and this is just my relationship with God, and this is because I know, I know he's merciful. Because I told the Lord, I said, I know what you're going to do. I said, one day you're going to use me, and I'm going to pray for somebody who has leukemia, and they're going to be totally healed. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be mad at you. You know what I'm saying? Y'all with me? And this is the thing. But I told, I told the Lord, and the Lord spoke back to me, and he said, you just let that passion burn in you. It's okay. Because my desire is I know what pain feels like. I know what it's like to lose. We all have de- most of us have dealt with that type of thing. And I don't want anybody else to experience it. And so if I can stand in the gap, if I can walk and I can go about and do good and heal all those who are oppressed of the devil that God has put in my path, if I can do that to help you not go through that, what an awesome way to live the rest of my life, man. I can't go back and fix what happened in the past, but I can deal with today and tomorrow. Are you with me? I can get on my face and say, God, I thank you that you turn about all things for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. What Lindsay prayed this morning, I mean, that was so prophetic in what God is trying to do that we've got to come together as the body of Christ and say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough people are dying and going to hell. That's enough. That's enough, man. Because all it takes is you just, just being salt and being light. It's not about arguing about the next big problem or the next political thing or the next difference in the church, but it's about being Jesus in the earth and just loving people and walking it out. And I believe that's what God's calling us up to. He's calling us up to it, man, to walk in the fullness of the gospel. To be able to, to move in signs and in wonders. It hasn't changed, guys. Listen, just because you have this book doesn't mean that those things passed away.
contrary to some church doctrine. God is trying to draw us up, and I'm telling you right now that I believe there is an atmosphere change in this place. And I believe it's a choice to just be a part of it. Because I know what I heard the Lord say to me that, that, that the other morning, on Tuesday morning, as I was out walking, he said to me, there is a new renewal coming. There's another renewal coming. There's another renewal coming, and I'm going to be a part of it. Y'all know what the, charis- the charismatic renewal was. It's when the gifts of the Spirit just began to start manifesting. And I mean, there were all kinds of amazing things that happened. Do you realize that God has used some of the craziest people, the craziest choices in the Bible and in the days to come, and you could be one of those? Because God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. That the Azusa Street outpouring came through an illiterate man who was blind in one eye. That one of the greatest healing evangelists, Smith Wigglesworth, lived with a daughter who was deaf. A.A. Allen. Y'all ever heard of A.A. Allen? A.A. Allen, who raised up R.W. Schambach. A.A. Allen battled with alcoholism his, most of his ministry. And yet some of the greatest things that have ever happened were, were I mean, talking about supernatural signs and wonders. It was these people that, that nobody ever accounted for. And I'm telling you, God wants to use each and every one of us, from the youngest to the oldest. Listen, if you're still breathing, it's because you still have purpose. And it's time for change to come. It's time. It's, it's not a time to wait. It's time to step into the fullness of God. And it's a choice that we all get to make. It's a choice we all get to make every single day. Lord, just, just use me. Just use me. It could be as extravagant as somebody getting out of a wheelchair. It could be as simple as you walking up to somebody and saying, hey man, God bless you today. See, we've turned everything into this, this stuff, and you know, sometimes it's just showing love. 